Hello, happy Friday. This is the Friday Detox episode number 42. Welcome to it. Uh, we made it through another week. I'm going to try and get straight into this episode. Um, we got a lot to cover. Uh, this week we saw the first uh, infrastructure bill in what many are calling the remaking of the United States. A lot of people on the right are saying this is not an infrastructure bill. This is a leftist wish list. I argue that it is an infrastructure bill. It's the infrastructure of a new America, not roads and bridges. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Afghanistan is being lost all over again. Uh, our, our troops pulled out very quickly. Many were happy about that. I was as well. But it looks like all the gains we made, uh, we, we, we lost, we sacrificed a lot of life and treasure for is being lost all over again. We'll talk about that. Um, a Texas judge paves a way for specifically where I live, San Antonio, uh, for schools and ind independent school districts to issue child mask mandates. Ugh. Can't believe this is happening in Texas. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about hashtag SOS Cuba. And then um, the, the meat of the episode, we are going to get into what I believe is a direct attack happening um, not only on our country, not only on our way of life, but our constitution specifically, um, and more specifically, our Bill of Rights. Our rights are coming under direct attack right now. The far left, not the rational Democrat, not the rational liberal, I mean the far left, those in the highest reaches of power. Um, well, <laughs> we'll hear from one of... One of the uh, media elites in our country, what they think about our freedom. But let's get right into it. Ooh, what a week. Um, both the country as a whole... And then uh, more personally, me and my wife, lots going on, lots of good things, things to be thankful for, and um, politically speaking, a lot to worry about, in my opinion. Um, my job here today is not to worry you, but uh, I, there are certain things that we're losing a bit of nuance in, in, in how we both produce and consume daily news. We're losing just that ability to see things from maybe a different perspective. And, and this is, I'll own it for the right. We do this a lot on the right, just as much, if not more maybe than they do on the left. But we like to look, like to look at headlines. We like to get outraged real quick, formulate an opinion, and then blast it out there. I'm guilty of it. I know. I, I it's how we communicate nowadays, and it's not healthy uh, from the standpoint of we've lost that pushback. We're going to get into that towards the end of the episode, um, healthy rebellion, rebelliousness, I'll say, not rebellion per se, but there's a healthy amount of rebelliousness in our, um, our culture as Americans, so we'll get into that. But my goal, like I said, is not to worry you. It's it's just to pre present another side that hopefully 
you're hearing elsewhere, but if, if nowhere else, at least I'll say it. Um, our news media is, is not reporting everything. They're being very selective. And, 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 and I think the, the beauty of where we're at right now in, in this point in this time in history, um, it, the beauty is the internet. The beauty is freedom of speech. The, the beauty is we have this ability to transmit ideas and thoughts and, and gain access to information that before would have been hidden from us. But then the scary part is, and this is what the news media as a whole is not really trying to portray or, or even giving a little bit of credence to, which is the internet is becoming less free. And that's a problem because where it's becoming less free is very focused and very isolated to one side of, of the free speech um, spectrum, you might say, the political spectrum of it. So, something from the right. Uh, on this infrastructure bill that was just passed, several billion dollars. It was a huge package, but it's not nearly as big as what they want. I think they've got another $5 trillion proposed in the infrastructure bill pipeline um, coming later this year. But for what was just passed, it was like 4,000 pages. Of course, nobody read it before they voted on it. But essentially what it is, is it's, it's energy. It is, we are coming off of crude oil. We are coming off of fossil fuels as evidenced by the fact that the Keystone XL pipeline was canceled. Uh, one of the first things Biden did. Um, they're making a push. They believe in renewable energy sources. They believe the technology is attainable. Problem being, and they acknowledged it with this infrastructure bill, the problem with green energy right now is it, it's, it cannot take over. It can't power a car yet or else it would. We have solar panels, made in China by the way, but we have solar panels, but they can't produce enough. We saw in Texas that having a base load dependence of wind energy is not enough to sustain the population during peak times like a winter storm or during the summer. We've been having quite a few just power flickers every now and then every, here in, uh, in Bernie, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, everything just kind of shuts down for a second and then back up. And that's, that's just because there's so much power usage going on because of the heat. Anyways, this infrastructure bill is not infrastructure in terms of roads and bridges like it's always been said. It is infrastructure in what they want America to become because the technology is not there. Therefore, the private sector is not going to pick it up wholesale, which means they've got to force it. They've got to force it down our throats, which is which just inject enough money into the system for pet projects. And, and then we'll be so far into this renewable energy, green energy thing will be to the tune of trillions of dollars, that there is no coming back from that. And that's the point. Uh, I'm going to jump through just some, some some of these bigger news topics. Afghanistan, we talked about, is being lost again. Uh, I, I saw there's maybe two regions of Afghanistan. I'm assuming probably more like mountainous regions, less resources. They're the only two smaller districts that are under um, low threat of being taken over. Other than those two small districts, the rest of Afghanistan is either being taken over or has been taken over again by Afghanistan. They just took uh, Kabul, I believe, which is one of the, the larger cities. I think it's considered a capital. I'm not sure. Uh, but it was one of the largest provinces in 
in Afghanistan that's been taken back by the Taliban. So there's so many arguments you can go from there. You can take that down the road of, well, we, uh, we, we shouldn't have pulled out so quickly. Um, and then there's the whole, maybe we shouldn't have been there to begin with. And so there's a lot of, a a lot of discussion to be had there. Um, what I'm hearing just from news sources, but then also from people from the, the veteran community, from the combat veteran community, uh, the groups that I follow and the people specifically that I follow, um, it's just a really crappy situation. Um, and and that's almost just where I've seen a lot of people leave it is we wasted so much blood and treasure over there. And what do we have to show for it? What do the Afghani people have to show for it? They're not any more free now than they were when we took over. And so it's just, a, it's a sad situation. It really, it really is sad. But uh, last update on that before we move on, I did see that they're sending 3,000 troops back and, and a lot of people, especially on the right, I'll call out Daily Wire for this. I think I saw an article from them saying that basically we're going back into Afghanistan. That's how the headline portrayed it, which is not really what I'm seeing factually. Factually, what we're doing is we're sending troops back to secure these, um, I don't, not really military bases, but airports in general, because everybody's pulling out. All the the NBCs are are evacuating. And that's important. It's important not only to get American citizens out of there if it's if it's falling again, but also to get our our translators and interpreters, the people who are Afghani that have been helping our military for a decade now, um at risk to their own life. There there's specifically people I've I've heard their stories where Ever since they they left the Middle East and they came to America, they were able to make it here and become a citizen. They're literally hunted by Al Qaeda, by the Taliban. Here in the states, they they have to move every every several months, six months. They got to move to a different town. It's sad. It's tragic. And unfortunately. It, it just doesn't seem like there's anything we can really do in this situation to make it better. The longer we're there, the more, the more we're hated there. So maybe it is just time to come home, you know, cut our losses and move on. I don't know. But on to the next one. Um, more locally here, uh, we, of course, Governor Abbott issued here, uh, Governor of Texas, Governor Abbott issued um, a decree or whatever that basically there's not going to be any mandates. You cannot be mandated by the state to wear a mask, uh, specifically children going back to schools and teachers. But then there was a Texas judge that came out and said, no, legally, independent school districts can. And so what you're seeing is a lot of school districts now picking this up as, well, we have to start requiring masks or people are going to get pissed off at us, parents. And so... I see it from their perspective. My wife is, is a teacher. Um, I see it from that perspective of, well, they got to CYA at this point, you know, it's cover your ass just because somebody's going to be pissed off at you regardless. I see that as, well, somebody's going to be pissed off regardless. I'm going to do what feels right to my conscience. Um, but when you're an administrator of a school, you know, with kids from all different backgrounds, the decisions don't just affect yourself. I, I sympathize. I hate it. I hate that they're having to go through this. I hate that they're having to make this call, but that's where we're at. 
uh, briefly, hashtag SOS Cuba. If you haven't seen any, what's going on from Cuba, I, I'm actually surprised by the number of people I've talked to or, or conversed with on social media that don't know what's going on in Cuba. Um, the people are rising up. The people are done with communism. Communism took a working economic system in Cuba, and now everybody is just equally poor, except for the, the elite of the elite. And that's where they're at. And they're screaming for freedom. They're, they're, they're so um, intent on winning their freedom that they are screaming USA in the streets. They are waving American flags. Our revolution against the people who were over us inspired the world, and it's happening all over again. People in Hong Kong who want their independence from China. Same thing, waving American flags, yelling USA, USA, as they demand freedom. That's a big deal. That's huge. That, that speaks mountains to what we have in America and what I argue we are losing. And there are, I argue there are those who are taking that freedom. I've heard it said this way, America's greatest, best, most loved export is freedom. We give the world who, who witness us through social media, through news, through you know television, things like that. They witness us being free and it inspires them to live that way as well. Which is why countries like North Korea and China limit what their people can see. Because if you don't know what else is out there, how could you ever aspire to it, right? So I want to play some audio for you. This is um, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, talking about Joe Biden, who, who told governors, specifically governors who are standing up against these mask and vaccination mandates, uh, vaccine passports. Joe Biden said they should just get out of the way. Now, here is Governor, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' um, response to that. And I'll say this real quick. Uh, I'm, I, I don't like chopping up audio. This is like a four-minute video. I, I chopped out like applause and stuff as much as I could. But if you don't want to listen to the whole audio, just fast forward. But I, I really hate chopping stuff down where it can seem like I'm taking things out of context. I don't even want the perception of that to be present on my podcast. So if you're, if you're tired of hearing his voice, just fast forward and come back to my, my voice. <laughs> Take a listen. I just want to say uh, something uh, quickly. Um, you know, uh, Joe Biden has taken to himself to try to single out Florida um, over COVID. Uh, this is a guy who ran for president saying he was going to quote, shut down the virus. And what has he done? He's imported more virus from around the world by having a wide open southern border. You have hundreds of thousands of people pouring across every month. And it's not just from Mexico. In fact, it's rarely from Mexico. You have over a hundred different countries where people are pouring through. Not only are they letting them through, they're then farming them out all across our communities across this country, putting them on planes, putting them on buses. Do you think they're being uh, worried about COVID for that? Of course not. And what is his big solution? What is he so upset about Florida? His solution is he wants to f have the government force kindergartners to wear masks in school. He doesn't believe the parents should have a say in that. He thinks that should be a decision 
for the government. Well, I can tell you in Florida, the parents are going to be the ones in charge of that decision. So we'll, we'll break there, but that's an important thing that we, we, we have to, to come to terms with as a society, as a free society. And I, and I know there's so many people that are just enraged by the word freedom now. People who served this country are now saying, screw your freedom. We'll get into that a little bit more. But as far as what Governor DeSantis is saying here, at what point do you do you decide that as a parent I can't just go along with I can't violate what my what I'm feeling what my doctor's telling me or what I through my own research believe I, I can't just listen to some bureaucrat like Fauci I can't just listen to what unelected people at the CDC or the NIH are saying CDC <laughs> the CDC <laughs> I can't just take their word for it. I can't take your word for it. I can only take my word for it, and I can only pray that it's the right decision. And there's, there's so many people that are that are infuriated by that, infuriated that we dare not just take the government's word for it. And and when the science shows that kids are amazingly resilient, the problem is, and and this is the problem. It is that. Certain people in this country, not right or left exclusively, but certain people in this country have decided that the goal is zero COVID deaths. And not only zero COVID deaths, but zero COVID infections. And it's never going to happen. COVID's not going away, folks. Two weeks to to flatten the curve? That was a lie. Making it through the fall, making it through winter? That was a lie. Mask up, it protects everybody else. That was a lie. If you are immunocompromised, if you are at risk of contracting COVID and and that risk of, I'm either going to be severely hospitalized or I'm going to die, if that outweighs for you the risk of taking the vaccine, cool, get the vaccine. Wear your mask. Wear your mask 24-7. Sleep in your mask. I don't care. Now's as good a time as any to, to get into this, uh, c- conversing with somebody just on social media, somebody who, who I know, um, did not like, uh, I guess they don't like feeling like they're being mean by saying, I've been vaccinated, I'm going to mask up. And if you contract COVID as an unvaccinated person and die, that was your decision. Is there a better definition? It's obviously a very extreme definition because this person is assuming that, okay, I'm not vaccinated, therefore I'm going to die. But well, let me read their message verbatim. Maybe I'll feel differently after I read it again. Quote, I'm already at the point that once the vaccine is available for children and they can get vaccinated, then the remaining adults that haven't got vaccinated have made their decision and they're on their own. If they get the Delta variant and get extremely sick or die from it, then that's on them. I've made my decision, got vaccinated, and done my part. The sad part is now children are getting sick who can't get vaccinated yet. Just hope they're strong enough to fight it off. End quote. So 
and I, and I pull this out specifically, not because I'm trying to put this person on blast or anything. Um, I love and respect this person a hundred percent. Um, I don't want that person to feel mean for feeling that way. That's freedom. And, and as myself being an unvaccinated person, I accept and embrace that risk. I'm young. I'm healthy. I take my vitamins. <laughs> I get plenty of sun. Um, and and I, I like my chances of fighting off COVID and not dying from it. Assuming I haven't had it yet already. I need, I need to get an antibody test. But anyways, this this idea that it's either zero COVID deaths or we've lost is is it's a myth it's false it once again it's a false choice structure and i mean really that, that that's where the argument ends for me even if i felt immunocompromised it, at this point it's like it's somebody has got to stand up somebody has got to say no when the government has deemed it their responsibility to tell us what to do with our bodies but I mean, that's not what I'm doing. I, I actively try not to do that. You know, I don't, I don't want to just be a rebel and, and say, I'm not going to do it because you can't tell me what to do. Like, that's not what I'm doing here. But anyways, uh, let's, let's finish up this Ron DeSantis audio. And then I've got some other stuff to talk about. Now, Florida, we're very proud of our seniors' first strategy. You look at the mortality in nursing homes among seniors, it's declined dramatically. But we said from the beginning, we're going to make it available for all but we're not going to mandate it on anybody. That's ultimately an individual's choice to be able to do it. Biden, he rejects science because he denies the fact that people that recover from COVID have long-lasting immunity. Now, this is important to note as well. Um, the vaccine is not a vaccine. So let's get that right out of the way. The vaccine is not a vaccine. It does not kill. It is live culture and you develop an immunity, you develop antibodies based off of the strains that are covered by this air quotes vaccine. But that is not a vaccine. The best immunity to the virus that we have right now is natural immunity because it's not just natural immunity, you're protected against the variants as well. And they've shown that. They've shown that the, the people who contracted COVID earlier on moved past it, now they have natural immunity that they're, they're not as vulnerable or vulnerable really at all to these variants. Whereas people who received the vaccine earlier on, and even the, 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 the newer ones, they're getting sick and some of them very sick from the very, from the, from the variant. And so that the point is not, okay, I want to go out. I mean, maybe, I don't know. We used to have small park, uh, smallpox parties, right? Chicken pox parties, you know, one kid in the, in the classroom gets chicken pox and, and all the parents are like, oh, let's have a sleepover. Um, I think there's a South Park episode about that. That It was pretty funny. Anyways, um, it's not even being discussed. And, and that's what I think so many people are sick of is it's not that we're against what many on the left and, and probably some on the right are saying about the vaccine. I'm not like vaccines are bad. Again, false choice structure. It's, it's any opposition to receiving the vaccine is is suddenly anti anti vax. That's not the case. There's nuance to this. There's there are enough facts to support 
a bunch of different decision-making avenues depending on the person. And that's the beauty of American healthcare is it is personal healthcare. We do, you can have a personal doctor that you see and says, Hey, for you, based off of your body structure, your health habits, your, your eating habits, your exercise habits, or lack of, Hey, yeah, I think you should go ahead and get the vaccine. There's no risk to it, but I I don't want you to, to, to end up contracting and then we don't know what's going to happen. Or, Hey, you're a healthy person. You eat right. You you take vitamin supplements. You get plenty of sun, which is an amazing deterrent against the COVID uh, virus. I, I don't think you really have much to, to to gain by taking the vaccine. You do have much to lose because you're miss. You would be missing out on that natural immunity. But I mean, th- that's the that's the thing. There's just there's so many arguments out there, but we're being told there's one or two, and that you have to belong to either one of those two arguments and. That's a false choice structure that doesn't promote unity, that promotes division and chaos. So I'm against it. More peace here. But yet, if you want to vote, he thinks it's too much of a burden to show a picture ID when you're voting. So no voter ID, but have to show your medical papers just to be able to live an everyday life. Give me a break. And so I think the question is, is we can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. People are going to be free to choose to make their own decisions about themselves, about their families, about their kids' education, and about putting food on the table. And Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it. If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way, and I'm going to stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way, and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. I had to get to the mic drop portion of his little speech there. Um, I think we can settle on if there's something we can unite around uh, this time of year. It's that Ron DeSantis is going to run for president, or he's at least going to be extremely involved in whoever is running uh, because he's just winning on every level. His state's doing really well economically. His state's doing really well through the COVID pandemic compared to other states who did impose strict lockdowns or or are still imposing strict lockdowns and strict ma- mask mandates. Uh, their elder older population has done very well comparatively to the rest of the state. I think as far as uh, de- uh, not COVID infection rates, that's, that's another conversation, but co- uh, infection rates versus death rates, the, the media and the left love to focus on infection rates. But what really matters is who's, who's succumbing to this virus, who is not receiving that natural immunity because they die. Florida is doing very well. Florida and Texas, I think they're both um, below the midway point of of the 50 states uh, and, and have been very free throughout this, this entire process. So um, he's, he's got a lot of balls and he's standing up to, to President Biden. And I love it. I, I like that. Not because I have any animosity to Joe Biden, but because in, in this age of suddenly our government feels 
the 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 they have the, the right the authority to tell us what to do medically now someone's got to stand up and i'm 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 happy that uh Ron DeSantis is doing it I'm, i wish my governor here in texas was leading a little bit more through this pandemic but i think he's got his hands full with the border crisis right now and he's probably more than happy to let Ron DeSantis uh take some of these arrows from the, from the federal government. So good on you, Ron DeSantis. I love it. Love to hear it. And I hope he stays strong moving on. We got a lot more to talk about and we're already almost 30 minutes in. So bear with me. We're going to try and go as quick as we can. I have a lot to say today on freedom, things that I believe need to be said, but not because of who I am. I struggle with this a lot when it comes to you know, turning this microphone on. And it's the reason why I don't do a whole lot of video content um, really at all is it's very hard for me to feel qualified to have this voice to, to be listened to. And so I do my best to stick to um, actual resources and actual uh, uh, news sources or scientific sources. I try not to do a whole lot of just opinionated stuff, but when it comes to freedom, I, I do believe freedom is personal. And so this is me speaking personally about freedom. I think there's a fundamental either misunderstanding or hatred. It's got to be either one for me. It really is that black and white when it comes down to a principle as basic as freedom. But I believe for, for many, many Democrats especially, who are, who are continually voting Democrat in spite of the hatred that our government has for just everyday people. I think they there's this misunderstanding of what freedom is. You remember when when we started going towards and even nowadays, but but especially earlier on, let's say four years ago, when we really started going to some of these subscription-based platforms, there were news organizations that made the decision not to be part of just the normal cable package. Uh, they went to a subscription model. They have their own websites, their own apps, things like that. Um, when that was really starting to happen, a lot of them, they were available on like Dish Network, but you had to get the super ultra, super duper premium package to get those those subscription networks. Um, and, and they called it a la carte, that cable wasn't a la carte. They wished it was, but it wasn't. Freedom is a la carte. Because literally the only... Res- Restrictions or limitations that our founding documents enforce are on the government. That's the point. It's pro-liberty for the people and it's negative liberty for the government. It's here's what as an individual you can do or that. No, that's not, that's not true. It's not, here's what you can do. It's here's what the government cannot do. And the 10th Amendment says that whatever uh, powers or enumerations are not given to our federal government are exclusively reserved for the states. And that's on purpose, people. Because other, other than the limitations placed on government, as long as you exercising your freedoms however you want to exercise them doesn't infringe on someone else's rights, sky's the limit. Do whatever you want. Say whatever you want. Doesn't mean that I've got to watch you if you post a video on youtube that is just crazy we used to believe that okay i can just turn it off because it's obviously crazy but now no it's got to be silenced 
And it's the silencing because it's, it's, it was never, no, don't silence that person because I believe them. It's don't silence that person because I don't ever want to be silenced. And guess what? I don't want you to ever be silenced. Imagine Donald Trump is in power right now and he's doing what Joe Biden's doing. The left would be calling him a tyrant. The left would be calling, well, they already did, but they'd be calling for more impeachment. They'd be calling for prison time. They'd be calling on the Supreme Court to strike down every single thing he's doing. But because Biden and because COVID, now it's like the left has forgotten what our constitution even is. It's like the the left has forgotten what freedom is. The left has forgotten what a tyrant can do. And it's not that Joe Biden is necessarily being a tyrant right now, but what he's doing is he's, he's switching on those pumps. He's switching on those levers. He's getting the green light ready. It's just like the Patriot Act did. Because of 9-11, it's, okay, we got to do this because security, because terrorism, because Al-Qaeda. But what was every conservative saying? Conservatives hated, <laughs> hated George Bush when it came to the Patriot Act because what we were saying was, we don't think you're going to abuse this power, but there is no end. You know, government never gives power back. It only takes little bits, a little bit more, a little bit here, a little bit there. Sacrifice this little freedom. Sacrifice this little bit of privacy. And it's just piece by piece by piece by piece. And it never gets given back. Because guess what? All the power you just gave to Joe Biden, what happens? when his mental capacity is gone and we get Kamala Harris in there. Kamala Harris is like 90% disapproval right now. Nobody likes her. Nobody trusts her. But all this power you just gave Biden, when his brain finally gives out, when, when we finally had enough of this senile old man getting up on a stage and telling us what to do, we're going to be left with Kamala. And she's going to have the exact same power. Kamala, sorry. But anyways, enough just talking. I want to get to this audio from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, the governor had a little bit to say about freedom. It's really quick, so I'll just let him say it. And not just to think about, well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. Because with freedom comes obligations and, uh, and kind of responsibilities. We cannot just say, I have the right to do X, Y, and Z. This really got me, man. This this really pissed me off um, because, yes, yes, you can just say, well, my freedoms. This is the fundament, fundamental misunderstanding of freedom I'm talking about. And, it, and it's the reason it makes me so angry is it's not just Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is the BS that's being embraced on wholesale by the media, embraced by the Biden administration and embraced by our youth because in a state of panic, in a state of fear, in a state of, oh, COVID's going to kill us all. It makes sense. Screw your freedom. We got a virus to beat here. But nobody is thinking long-term. And that, this, that's the scary part of this. Again, it, all the, it's not fear-mongering because bad stuff's happening right now. Yes. But what it is, is it's the chess pieces that are being set up. It's the dominoes being set up where it's, it just takes that one 
dictator mentality to get into office somehow. Maybe it's Trump. Maybe it's Ron DeSantis. Maybe it's Dan Crenshaw, these people that, that I think have been decent. But maybe it's one of them. You hate them, they get into office, now they have all this power. So what, what Arnold Schwarzenegger said, that freedom comes with responsibility, yes. Yes, 100%, which is why your, your, your main gun advocate people are also, the people who are most for the Second Amendment are also the ones who are most for gun training who are always preaching gun training. You, know, you, you would never say, but you have to display a certain amount of aptitude with a gun in order to possess one, because now there's a limitation. Now there's a barrier to entry. I can be a responsible free American without first checking with Arnold if he thinks that I'm being responsible. Who, the, who gave him the responsibility, the authority to say what is and is not responsible? Any sentence that starts with, yes, my freedoms, but? Got to be skeptical. Because part of being free is not just being free, it's respecting other people's freedoms. Saying you can't in the same sentence as, well, screw your freedom. I don't know how else to describe it except a Hitler wet dream. Because it is, yes, I acknowledge that this is a freedom given to you and doubt upon you by your creator that no man can take away. But, and it's that but that is scary. Arnold Schwarzenegger should be one of the people who are in the forefront to defend freedom in this country against any sort of infringement. You talk to anybody from Cuba who immigrated here, who experienced communist Cuba and fled here for the American freedom. They are all saying, do not give up your guns. They are all saying, do not allow the government to force vaccines, vaccine passports. Biden right now is trying to get the TSA to require vaccine passports for certain flights. Australia in the capital, I think what Sydney, right? Um, P. Sherman 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. <laughs> um, they had one infection and they're locked down, like literally helicopters in the sky. And if they see people out on the streets after certain hours, I mean, there, there's video helicopters shouting down with, with the loudspeaker saying, you are in violation of quarantine, get back in your house. Which to me is so backwards because science has shown that one of the, the best things you can do to fight the virus is to get plenty of sun, vitamin D, and zinc, and to boost your immune system. But the sun, the vitamin D, is an incredible deterrent to the, to the virus. So why are they locking people in their homes? I got a lot of notes on... Um, a Joe Rogan podcast. Well, really two. He had Evan Hafer from Black Rifle Coffee on. Fantastic episode. Uh, because Black Rifle Coffee came under some some real fire from the right because there was a hit piece sent out uh, basically saying that they were caving to the woke mob, uh, which was absolutely not true. And, and so Joe Rogan gave his amazing, huge 
almost universal platform to Evan Hafer to defend himself. Uh, but what they did get into is how this country has been a beacon to so many um, about, about freedom. Democracy, constitutional republic has been so pro-freedom that it has, it has sown the seeds of freedom worldwide. But then the other podcast episode for Joe Rogan was the one with, uh, and I'm sorry if I'm going I'm to butcher her name, y- Yomi Park, I believe, from North Korea. Uh, she was uh, she fled North Korea, I think, when she was 13. She's been living in the States now for a while. And she became educated. She became addicted to reading and educating herself and learning. And now she she knows more than the average American about America. Um, but some of the things she's talked about in that episode were just, it was like every sentence out of her mouth. I'm just sitting here like, wow. And I haven't finished it. I'm about halfway through, but I'm, I'm just taking it in chunks because there's so much in there. So I didn't want to just start pulling out audio clips because really there's no, it's impossible. It's a three hour long episode. So, you know, like what I'm doing, I, I'm just taking it in chunks, but it's really important. Um, there's, there's a lot of things from what she's saying that I think are very important in the American politics because we're contributing to the problem, I believe. Um, there's a section where she talks about China. Um, the, the, the boldness of North Korea is largely in part to China basically having their back, their economic partners. Um, and, and something that Ms. Park said is that she compared the relationship of China and North Korea to the relationship of lips and teeth. You know, a, a mouth is basically, it needs both of those components to exist. And your mouth can't eat without your teeth. It can't speak without your lips. And, and that's kind of the, the analogy she was making. And yet everything we're doing here in the United States is all of a sudden favoring China. Have you ever noticed that? The, the solar panel market, which solar panels are very difficult to dispose of in a, in, in a, econ, or what's the word? Environmentally friendly way. And they're mass produced in China. And so what's the motivation? If you're for green energy, why are you contributing to, to pollution? And helping China. It makes absolutely no sense, but I digress. Um, the overwhelming takeaway from what I've listened to so far is that North Korean people do not know what freedom is, literally. They have no concept of an existence beyond what they're experiencing in North Korea because they literally have like a channel or two. State-run TV, state-run news. They can't hop on Facebook and see what's happening 100,000 miles away. Literally, they have no concept of an existence beyond their own. For better or worse, they have no idea. If you've never known anything better or even different, better or worse, but different than what you're currently experiencing, what you've experienced your whole life, how could you ever aspire to more? And, and she she related that to what's going on in America, which is why I bring it up. If you've been told that you're doomed to fail because of your skin color in America, because all of our politicians are corrupt and they hate African-Americans, they hate Hispanics, they hate any POC. How could you ever expect or hope for better? You couldn't. She talks about how if she had enough in North Korea, enough to eat, that she would have gone back when she first came to America because she was so overwhelmed by how much there is to say. 
Um, she said the experiences and just there's so much to think about when you're here in this country. It's overwhelming. She said freedom is overwhelming. And this is why I believe there's a lot of people that don't want to take her seriously on the left, don't want to put her on the news. Um, is, is she, she basically says that you, if you have the ability to say I am oppressed in America and you get put on national television for saying it and nobody throws you in jail, you're not oppressed. You don't know what oppression is. And that's why I think the woke left doesn't like her. And, and I can say the woke left doesn't like her because one of the things they talked about uh, is that the New York Times has no curiosity in hearing from her. She says that the woke left is basically North Korea at this point because of their overwhelming censorship of news and fact. She said the only time the New York Times was interested in talking to her was when she was criticizing Trump because he went to North Korea to shake hands with Kim Jong-un without um, establishing preconcessions, which was, hey, if we're going to meet, this is what North Korea needs to do for the United States before we'll even meet. Donald Trump said no to that. He said, no, I want the world to see us shake hands because I want the world to see that we are not afraid of North Korea, that we will step into their country. But when it came to talking about North Korean communism and the human slavery going on in North Korea that is enabled and emboldened by the slavery that's going on in China, the New York Times wasn't even curious. So obviously, um, I'm not saying that we are or are even close to becoming North Korea. But it's the trajectory. We're heading, and I think an undeniable, inarguable direction away from freedom and individual liberty. As evidenced by celebrities and even ex-politicians like Arnold Schwarzenegger in our own country saying, screw your freedom. That's terrifying to me. There's some audio from Rand Paul that I wanted to play, but I'm already almost to the end of this episode. Um, he says it's time to resist mask mandates and vaccine mandates. Uh, that's some, some important audio to listen to. I think he's literally painting a target on his back. Well, the target was already there. If you don't know, Rand Paul's uh, been the direct recipient of violence from the left multiple times uh, in his career as a politician. So I think you should listen to that. I will put the link to that audio or that video uh, in the show notes. So check, check that out. But while we're on the conversation of freedom, there, there's a couple of minutes of Joe Rogan audio, uh, in his interview of Evan Hafer that I think we have to listen to. I think it's very important that we hear this from somebody who is on a massive stage like Joe Rogan. Um, someone who's benefited greatly from freedom like Joe Rogan. We have all benefited greatly from freedom and we're, and we're forgetting that in mass. And it's very important. I think that we remember how valuable freedom is, how hard our people have fought to receive freedom, and how quickly and easily we can lose it. can't do what you want to do unless you do what I want you to do. I mean, Don Lemon was talking about that openly on CNN. Yeah. Don't have a vaccine? Can't go to the supermarket. Don't have a vaccine? Can't go to work. Like... It's so strange that people want to say things like that. Like that's the thing that blows me away. Why do you why do people want to 
because uh, they're dumb. They're dumb. They're right. dumb. They don't understand history. They don't understand right. human beings. They don't understand yeah. human nature. They don't understand the history of every single country that's ever existed mm-hmm. other than the United States. Up until 1776, every fucking country that has ever existed was run by dictators. Right. All of them. This is the first one where you had elected officials. This is the first experiment in self-government that actually worked, and it created the greatest superpower the world's ever known. It created the greatest cultural machine, the greatest machine of art and creativity and innovation right fucking here. And how did it do that? It did it through freedom. Because when you give people freedom, you let people do whatever the fuck they want to do, they actually find ways to succeed and grow and thrive. But as soon as you put the boots to them, as soon as you tell them, you have to do this or you can't do that. You have to listen to me. Now you have a mini dictator. You have one step away from a king. You have a one step closer. You're moving one step closer to dictatorship. That's what the fuck is happening. That's what's going to happen with a vaccine passport. That's what's going to happen if... They close borders. You can't enter New York City unless you have your papers. You can't go to here unless you have that. You can't get on a plane unless you do what I say. And people say, whoa, it's all about protecting people from the." Mm. No, it's not. It's not because we've shown this is a fact. It, just a couple of months ago, the idea of a breakthrough case was unheard of. Nobody heard of anybody catching COVID that had a vaccine, right? right? That was the whole idea. You get a vaccine, you don't have to worry about it. Now we know not only do you get it, but you can spread it. And some people have died. Apparently, it's a small number. I don't know what the numbers are, but I know that most people who get vaccinated, when they do have the disease, they have a better time of it than Mm -hmm. the people who are unvaccinated. But where are the people out there calling for people to get healthy? Where are the people out there calling for people to lose weight? That's so important to the argument in that everybody is calling. Well, let's go back historically, just way back when. Excuse me to just a few months ago when they were saying get the vaccine and and we'll be done vaccines the ticket out of this vaccines the cure and then they moved the goalposts again we already talked about two weeks to slow the spread a lie and then the vaccine was supposed to be the savior just get vaccinated i think that the the numbers we had up to july 4th you know biden wanted what 70 percent uh, yeah, I think 70% of the American population fully vaccinated. I think we had like 65, which is still a, a massive accomplishment. Um, I don't think those numbers would have been anywhere near where they were had these variants been out before and infecting people who were already vaccinated. That's just my, my personal belief. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking personally if, if I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get the vaccine because then I'm done. Then I don't have to worry about it anymore, right? But that's not what we've experienced. And I think if we had experienced some of this, yes, you're vaccinated, but go ahead and mask up anyways. I think a lot of people would have uh, for- foregone the vaccine at that point. But I don't know. We'd have, we'll would have we never know, I guess. Uh, we can just uh, argue about it. But I, as I'm wrapping up this idea of freedom... Um, I want to play a little bit of just a quick audio from uh, Busta Rhymes, who is a um, a hip hop artist, and 
I am not a, a hip hop listener at all, but I heard this audio from uh, Buster Rhymes who was putting on a show coming out of COVID and we're finally able to see each other. And I love what he said because there's certain people that speak about freedom and they speak about liberty and they say it with distaste. But there are also people who speak about freedom and liberty and they say it with almost awe. They're, they're amazed by it. They are in love with it, I believe, with freedom, with that, that, that feeling of, I am free. You cannot tell me what to do. And people who really know that beyond just politically free, you know, I'm not a slave, but there's also financial freedom. Your entrepreneurs know that type of freedom. Your business owners know that type of freedom. Musicians know that type of freedom, unless they're enslaved virtually through, uh, you know, an abusive record label, things like that. But Nowadays with social media, if you can get a following, you don't need record labels. You don't need book publishers. You don't need things like that. Just, you know, like YouTube's old slogan, broadcast yourself. Um, so anyways, Buster Rhymes giving his thoughts about um, masks. <laughs> he was very honest. Listen to this. This is my second show in front of human life. In the last 15 fucking months, COVID could suck a dick. All these little weird ass government policies and mandates suck a dick. I'm trying to take our civil liberties away. It's called the God given right of freedom, right? No human being is supposed to tell you you can't even breathe freely. Fuck your mask. I'm not saying. Some of y'all might feel differently, but fuck your mask. I can't ramble you with a mask on. You can't eat food with a fucking mask on. You can't even see each other smile with a mask on. And that, that tail end right there, can't even see each other smile with a mask on. That, I believe, is the, the real casualty from all this. You can talk about all the freedoms that, that have been, had little pieces taken out of them or big chunks taken out of them through COVID. But the thing that I believe we're going to miss the most is trusting each other. And we're losing that on large scale. And it's sad. And it's all in the name of security. It's all in the name of just going along to get along. Um, as we wrap this one up, I want to talk to Christians. Because I saw somebody, and maybe he listens to this podcast, and I hope he doesn't feel offended by this. I, I didn't like what he said. I know the heart that it came from, and again, love and respect it. But I disagree. I think that there's a healthy level of rebelliousness against strong, strong government in America and for good reason. I think it's embedded in who we are as a, as a culture for good reason. Obviously, that's how we were born. But I think a lot of that rebelliousness, I've talked about this on the podcast before, a lot of that rebelliousness has come out of the church. I think for obvious reasons. Uh, really, <laughs> the reasons span across the entire spectrum of the Bill of Rights. All of, you know, our, our first... I go through what 15th, 18th, 19th amendments, all of those 
it's it's not rooted in I just want to be able to do this. It's rooted in I'm going to do it. Stay out of my way. Talking to the government. But as a church, as the body of Christ, we are not the go-along-to-get-along people. And yet that is what we're seeing out of church, mainstream church. I see it all the time. A fear of um, offending somebody to the point, well, I don't want to offend them because then they'll never come through the front doors of my church. I get that, but man, that's, that's assuming a lot of responsibility for bringing people to Christ. That's assuming a lot of influence in that decision. And that's assuming a lot of power in your own voice other than over than the voice of God. I don't hear it a lot from the pulpit, but I I see Christians on social media falling in line. I saw Christians posting the black box for BLM. It tells me that Christians are in no way determined to win the culture war. They're not. They're not gearing up for it. They're not even trying to win the culture war. And maybe that's not their purpose. I don't know. But it seems that far too many are just, they're simply content to sit on the sidelines and agree with whichever political opinion will seemingly put them back into the good graces of pop culture. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing, well, you know, I don't want to take this stance. I don't want to be too pro-Trump. Because then society's going to turn on us as if they haven't already. I mean, that's what confuses me. Christians have become more in favor of trying to be nice enough to convert. But convert, air quotes, convert is taking on the new meaning of just getting people to not hate you. It's like, how, how can we just not be hated in society? Look at Joel Osteen. Always smiling. Always wanting to extend a hand to help people. And, and to you people who are going to immediately refute that because of what happened in Houston, it's so unfair to hold that against Joel Osteen. People saying, you know, he locked the door so nobody could flee the, the, the hurricane and the flooding. A lot of points to be made there. Three, number one, that a church is not equipped to handle a large amount of people isolated in an enclosed area for an indefinite amount of time as what would happen if they were flooded in. The bottom level doors were already, the whole bottom level, I think if they have a basement level, was flooded. Two, the city instructed all of these people that, you know, if you, ha- you have an auditorium, you have a large business, a grocery store. I mean, a grocery store would have been just as well equipped to, to handle all those people as a church. Even more so, really. But the city instructed those people to go to designated um, safe zones. Because guess what was in those safe zones? We're going to be here for several days. What do you need? Well, one, you need toiletries. Two, you need to be able to go to the bathroom. Three, you need to be able to take a shower and get clean. Otherwise, if we're in there for several days, all these people are getting dirty. All these people are stinky. All these people are now spreading infections. I mean, come on. So anyways, I had, I had to defend Joel Osteen there, but he's, he's the nicest Christian alive. And look how it's worked out for him. He's universally hated 
by pretty much anybody who's not a Christian, and many people who are Christian see him as, oh, well, he's just, just this millionaire, and all he loves is wealth. He just preaches the, the, the happy gospel, and people pay him a bunch of money to do it. And it it's just, it's lazy, lazy criticism, in my opinion. But these people who just want to hate on Christians will never be satisfied. And they shouldn't be if the church is preaching the gospel because the gospel itself is divisive and inflammatory in today's world because it preaches a reliance on God. Today's world is preaching a reliance on government. You should be hated, Christians. You should be. But I'm seeing Christians just trying to go along to get along. They don't want to offend anybody and it, it really pisses me off. I'm tired of seeing the posts, you know, just get vaccinated, y'all. No, no. And before I let y'all go, I, I want, I want to encourage you, but I want to, I want to encourage you to action. However small it may feel, you know, this podcast, I feel like this is my action right now, but it, it's not enough. I don't feel like I'm doing enough. I, I don't think I'll ever feel like I'm doing enough. Um, but it's, it's my small part to play. But I think we all have a part to play. We all have a voice. And, I, and, I, and, and I'll use this opportunity to say I want to have people on this podcast. If you know somebody who's, who is opinionated in any sort of way, right or left, centrist, I don't care, Christian, atheist, it doesn't matter to me. I think everybody has a voice and everybody deserves to be heard. And you, do, you shouldn't be an influencer who is going to provide me with uh, you know, an acceleration to my audience growth. I don't care about that. I want people to hear you. So if you've got a story or you know somebody who has a story that needs to be shared, come on the podcast. But I think we're long past the days where just pulling the lever uh, when you're voting, or pulling the lever, you're not really, obviously. <laughs> but we're past the days where pulling the lever is as easy as picking a political party. That's the problem. We got lazy with our vote. And now we have this 50-50 split two-party system that is unsustainable. But more than that, there, there are snakes in both parties. And what they're doing, what they've done through COVID is they have put red meat in front of we the people. And now they're just sitting back watching us fight to the death. But make no mistake, COVID was an opportunity and COVID was a boom for political power and corporate wealth. All of that stimulus money wound up back in the banks and with the investment firms and with Wall Street. All that cash. So now all these investment firms like BlackRock are buying up neighborhoods and they're paying 200% over asking prices for a home. That's why what's happening is the normal buyer the normal home buyer who has a budget, who has to stick to a budget. I can't find anything over 250K. Well, anything around 250K is really probably a, a worth less than 200, but it's priced so high because these, it's a seller's market. Price it whatever you want to price it. These investment companies don't give a crap because they got so much cash. They're literally just trying to figure out how to spend it. And they're buying up homes and they're blocking the normal American out of that process. But there's something that we have to remember 
and its strength in numbers, there are more of us than there are of them. There are more of us normal people who, who aren't concerned with getting uber rich. We just want to live a good life and do good things during our lifetime. But we can't do that. We can't stand up to the oppressive voices if we're not united. We have a very strong constitution and bill of rights that allow us to, not allow, God allows us, enables us through a legal system to peacefully make change. But the powerful don't want you to think that way. They want us to think that we're doomed. They want us to think that the system is broken and it needs to be burned down. They want us to think that freedom, screw your freedom. Freedom is, is, an, is an old, antiquated idea. That's what they want us to think because I believe, personally, that they, think, that they want us to think violence is the only answer. Because guess what? Violence is easy to stop. Joe Biden already said that. If you want to take over the government, you need nukes and F-15s. They think that if only we can get them to just be violent like they were on January 6th. A very small amount of people, by the way. But now look what's happened since January 6th. They've been able to attach that label to every Trump supporter out there. They've been able to inflate. They're already massive, but now they've made it even bigger the Capitol Police, the Metropolitan uh, DC Metropolitan Police, they've been able to allocate even more money and resources to that. They were able to lock down DC for several months. And violence was the trigger. So what what is their help me with this? What is their disincentive to want violence? What is their dis- disincentive to to want Why would they want this pandemic to end? All it's done is give them more power and wealth. But more than that, they want the fear of being labeled violent to compel us all to just fall in line, fall in line, air quotes for peace. But as I've been trying to to hammer home with y'all, this is a false choice structure. People of faith are not and should not base their decision-making on what is politically expedient. My argument against mandated vaccines and mandated uh, mask wearing has zero connection to which president oversaw its creation. Who opposed it in 2020? Who opposes it now? Vice versa. I don't care. And that's what so many people are failing to understand right now. It's like they see a mindset that isn't centered on politics as the naive, uneducated, conspiracy theorist mindset. A free mind is a dangerous mind to our political elites, and that's where we are. It is scary for me to see people of faith picking up the torch of just get vaxxed, y'all, with zero consideration for anything even resembling a risk assessment. I'll play this last bit of audio uh, real quick as encouragement. Encouragement to follow your conscience. If, you're, if your conscience says get vaccinated, then get vaccinated. If your conscience says wear a mask, wear a mask. If your conscience says mask up, double mask your kids. I don't want to argue against you. But if you feel like maybe 
your opinion is swaying away from what you feel you're supposed to believe, what you're supposed to stand up for, for whether it's because of your age, you feel there are, there are older people telling you what to do and that, you know, well, I just got to listen. Obviously, respect your elders, respect your parents, but I wish I had questioned mine a little bit more. Or whether you're an employee and you've got an employer threatening your job because you won't fall in line with vaccines for whatever reason. Or your school, because you're unvaccinated, is going to segregate you to a different part of the room or a different part of the building or a different room. I, I, I don't know. They're going to start mandating tests, regular tests for unvaccinated people. We got to start being smart. I was explaining this to my wife the other day. I'm not in favor of boycotts. I don't like boycotts. I don't like saying I'm not going to shop with you because you're doing this. I am in favor of it, but I'd rather see it as a boycott. I'd rather say I'm not going to give you my money because I'd rather give my money over here. Find the schools that are actually educating kids and aren't concerned with just catering to the woke mob making sure that they can still get their government stimmy. We're, we're in a time, point in time, I think, where we have to exercise our, our courage. We have to actually do the things that we have always said we believed in. We've always said freedom is great. We always wear our red, white, and blue on 4th of July. But now it's time to actually de to defend liberty with our words and with our, with our vote. And with our dollars. You've heard from people for, for years that the, the dollar runs America. Well, there's some truth to that. And it's time to start using our dollars. Support people who support freedom and liberty. So it's, it's time to be vigilant. It's time to pay attention. Because a strong, confident, bold, calm and informed voice spreads like wildfire. We should all be exactly who we were born to be, according to each of us, not who you think I should be and not who I think you should be. You should be exactly who you were born to be, according to your own judgment. And we should dare someone to say that I don't have the right to do so. So I will always be on the side of freedom. But... As Arnold Schwarzenegger said, with that freedom does come responsibility. And I believe the responsibility to back up your claims of freedom with fact. Be informed. Send waves of fear through your least favorite politicians because you know what's up and you'll vote confidently and you'll vote accordingly. And so with that, I know I went a little long on this one and I apologize, but it was a big week. Um, I don't want you to be fearful. I don't want you to feel... Um, like the, the, the cause is lost or anything like that. We're, we're still the most free nation in the world. We are still, there's more opportunity here than anywhere else. And it's the opportunity for um, economic you know, potential, the ability to gain wealth, you know, start a business and, and be financially liberated. All of these opportunities can't be defended if we ourselves are not exercising those freedoms so use it or lose it and with that I'll, I'll let you go um i want you to have a good weekend i want you to i know i am going to turn off the news for the weekend 
and catch back up Monday morning. And uh, beyond that, as always, being kind to one another, that, that really is the number one way to just restore some good in the world. Getting people to believe the way you believe is not the way to fix this country. The way to fix this country is to disagree and in spite of that disagreement, treat each other with respect, be kind to one another. And that's how we fix this nation. It starts with each of us internally. If my people will humble themselves, then I will heal, heal their nation. And I'm taking that seriously. So we will talk more about that next week. Hopefully this coming week isn't as, um, I don't even know the word, uh, chaotic, I guess. But um, going through the weekend, find those opportunities, embrace your loved ones, be with your family. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Take care, y'all.